0: Hey, is this thing on? Are we recording? Can I get a tech person? Oh, for the love of ed tech. All right, joining us today is John Goga, who is creator of Brainy Spinach Math. And so we're really Mm -hmm. excited to have you, John. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it
0: yeah so i'm just gonna let you take it and explain to us i guess kind of what you do with brainy spinach math
1: so yeah i, I mean if i was to summarize everything that i do they would be providing live uh, math courses through the gamification of math itself and specifically on roblox um, as in the games that i use are on roblox and so the first half of uh, a given session within my classes would be kind of going over the math, the content that we're working on. So for example, times tables or whatever else it may be. And then the second half is playing the games uh, with similar content or the, exactly the same content, especially when it comes to the times tables and practicing what's been taught in a fun and engaging way.
0: Okay, so with your business, the so the Brainy Spinach, I'm just trying to con- like get an idea of how it all works. So, does a student sign up?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm kind of in the middle of like a transition um, in in what I'm doing with my business. So, up until recently, I've been doing all of my courses on Shooterful, which is uh, a, a, basically a website similar to Outschool. I don't know if you've heard of Outschool I mean, yeah, before. Yep. But yeah, yeah. But it's a UK-based one only so um, they're trying to go off on a kind of a tangent similar to At school where they have classes on their platforms um not just you know educational ones but fun ones as well and so my content they quite like the idea of because it's it's combining both it's it's effectively edutainment when it comes to the gaming side and
0: i like and, that word
1: you know it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I only found out recently that it's actually its own category on youtube which is oh, wow. wow. I didn't yeah. know yeah so it's really good so yeah it's i Started off first with these classes on Tutorful, and so I start I started off with them, and then realised that a lot of my students, a lot of the people that wanted to be my students anyway, were based in the US or Canada or outside of the UK, and and they couldn't sign up through there, um, especially because Roblox is obviously huge over on the uh, yeah across the pond. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty big here as well, but like its biggest following is yeah you know, the Americas, and so I realised I needed to basically broaden my horizons and so I went to out of school and out of school for some reason didn't want me to have my classes on there but they, they just completely shut that down no idea why really it. yeah it was surprising <laughs> so I decided to just go go up myself and I'm making my own website hopefully will be live within the week and um, and so there from my website I'd be able to have take on students from anywhere in the world as long as the time zone fits so I've I'm putting one of my classes in the evenings and late at night for myself, but it would fit, you know, the American time zones, EST and beyond, better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah, that that's effectively how people find my courses. Um, is this on BrainySpinach.com when the website's ready? But if if they're a UK based, then it's on Tutorful still, um, because is a great website. I'm loving working with them.
0: So, I'm curious: is your background technology like? computer science or is it education? Like how did you get involved with teaching math?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I basically, I've got a few years experience in schools as a SEND teaching assistant okay um so i'm not sure if send transfers over to the us but but it's basically special educational needs and disabilities oh, okay so so yeah that, that kind of umbrella term for anything so, yeah from autism to adhd to down syndrome you know all, all sorts of conditions and i'd go in there mm-hmm. and i'd work with them one, you know one-to-one or a group basis and because of that i'd often find that i'm working with autistic children and typically from that um, young boys um, what I found was that a lot of them absolutely adored Roblox and Minecraft, but Roblox <laughs> is becoming more and more of a thing for them as well, as I, as I noticed. And I didn't really know much about Roblox. Um, like, I've certainly always been a gamer, a huge gamer, like one of my favorite hobbies. But, <laughs> you know, I used to think of Roblox as like a discount knockoff Minecraft. Like, but that's because I hadn't played it. Like, it was just my perception. Of what it was so yeah i decided you know like because the the children i'm one-to-one with they loved it and i'd usually try and get an idea of the sort of things that they love and work with that to yeah, you know, ingratiate them to to doing something within the curriculum you know and yeah. so i thought okay i'm gonna learn yeah. this i'm maybe gonna i'm maybe gonna get a few spreadsheets i don't know i wasn't gonna go that far with it on top of that by the way worth mentioning uh, the, you know any given class in any school in the uk and i'm sure it's the same in the us uh, pretty much most of the children are playing roblox and half of the class is playing it religiously like they every day mm-hmm. so you come to realize that yeah you know, it's a big thing and but, but i just yeah assumed it was just yeah just something similar to minecraft so i decided to play it and realized very quickly that it's actually a huge platform of quite literally millions of games many of which are made by the players themselves you can make your own games on roblox with without any budget at all so i realized then that maybe i could make a little game for for my students you know i can make a little something and you know i don't know it's just something to do with math because that's typically one of the the subjects that they struggle most with i love math always have but you know it's just one of those things that if they don't feel like they're good enough at it or they get anxious from previous experiences then they just don't engage and it's really hard to, to get them into that so I thought you know here's a lovely way of making math fun but rather than making math fun like I would typically do in my lessons which isn't necessarily related to something they already like here's something they're already having fun with so I will make it fun on there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it just spiraled from there It like it's wow. yeah there's so much about that game <laughs>
0: Yeah, so has it, like, has it continuously, I mean, from where it started to where it began, like, has Mm. it evolved a lot?
1: Yes. So, first of all, it's probably worth mentioning that Roblox is trying to, shed its reputation for not really being much about education and, and they're having a really big push for that kind of roblox education section so they're trying to integrate things with, to do with classrooms and um, they're trying to integrate more like safeguarding measures that, that schools can take the can, can apply to different games and whatnot. They're, they're giving funding to different companies, which hopefully one day I'll be able to apply for because I'm yeah. not quite there yet with what I've got. But um, but like educational companies specific to make games on, the, on their, their system. They've got a, a Learn and Explore Sort, which is basically like a, a page of games which is specifically educational. Oh, nice. Which again I okay. hope to go on to eventually. So they they they're doing loads of stuff in that sphere, especially since the start well, the end of last year, the start of this year. So it's kind of like, you know, taking on its own momentum. So when I got involved in this around about maybe September, October to begin with. Okay. Um, and I just kind of went on Roblox Studio where you, you make games on, I thought, you know, I'll just spend an hour or two on this, you know, just making a game, making a little making a little obby. A obstacle mm-hmm. course it's, yeah. it's the simplest type of game on roblox typically because that's yeah that's what kids go for as well like they like if they, if they can play a simple game they try and make a simple game is what most most creators on roblox start off with anyway and i ended up spending pretty much all of my free time and some of my time that wasn't free <laughs> 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 make, make making this game it, it, it was just yeah. so oh man it was it was so good to do like i I, i'm trying to think of a better word than just good but i mean (laughs) it it was it was exhilarating because i was so making this game and then i was showing my students and and they were loving it like just just the sheer fact that i was making something on roblox it didn't matter if it was even any good it blew their mind that a teacher was on this platform whereas normally a teacher wouldn't have a clue about it yeah. maybe they'll put like a little roblox character on their worksheet like i was originally planning and oh wow it's roblox but here's, here's <laughs> the teacher literally <laughs> making games on it you know and so eventually i released my game which was the math hobby times tables because i wanted to specifically focus on the times tables because that's what my students at that specific point were doing because i i also i forgot to mention my um, tutor okay. less and less more recently with one-to-ones more like classes now because it's hard to find mm-hmm. the time to do one-to-ones with everything right. that's going on but i had one-to-one math tutors as well and, and so it was the send work and those they were all struggling with their times tables So I thought I'll I'll make the game on that. So started playing it, realized there are a few things wrong with it. They point out a few things to me. I continuously edit. I then took on a very talented developer who lives in the US. That's when I realized as well that basically pretty pretty much 99% of the people I ended up working with in Roblox from that point onwards were under the age of 18. That it's just <laughs> this whole huge ecosystem they wow. like literally they're they all have their profiles on fiverr typically their parents are set up for them they're making pretty good money in a lot of ways some people aren't but but like you know most of them are under the age of 18 and they're incredibly skilled wow. incredibly skilled shout out to hazuri who's not his actual name this is but, <laughs> but, but yeah 15 years old in the united states and i don't wow. think I'm this about him. <laughs> yeah
2: that is amazing yeah. i well, love that I love that.
1: It's, well, to blow your mind even more, that they're just just to kind of go off on a tangent. There's a game similar to mine, which gave me a lot of inspiration, and I had a chat with the kid who made it, Obido. I use the name again. Um, he's 15 <laughs> now, but when he made the game, he was 13, and it's now got I think 17 million views. Is that wow! The most popular wow. game, math math game. That's on
2: amazing.
1: There? He's he's featured on Time magazine this kid he's, he's oh done gosh. really well for himself so there's so That's much to great. It. like yeah. i, I could yeah. go off a tangent on purely the creators alone that aren't me yeah <laughs> but yeah, but yeah I, I i very quickly realized that there are like it made me feel a bit old but you know i get it <laughs> <laughs> um because I'm, I'm, I'm only 29 and there's kids like half my age that are doing these amazing yeah. things yeah. but but you know it's it's very impressive so i hired that developer i hired a few people like uh, modelers to like help me with like more complicated tools and models and things in the game and so yeah then I released it on Roblox fully I wasn't originally intending to when I first made it but then it quickly became a thing where it's like well why not you know let's let's see where we can go with this Um, I mean to this point it's got about 47,000 views I believe right
0: nice. now.
1: So it's doing all right. Yeah. And it's got a lot of kind of traction with, with parents, especially homeschooling parents over yeah. in the U S which, which I, I didn't really know much about homeschooling
0: mm-hmm. either
1: until it came up. And, Yeah, like it makes sense because because often with, with, I mean, it's not just homeschoolers, mind you. Like generally it's a hard thing to get children interested in math, especially if they've been burnt before Mm -hmm. in, in some way by another teacher being mean to them or just, just not being helped enough or, or not being understood as to why specifically they don't understand that math. Whatever. Right. It's hard to get them interested. But then along comes a game on Roblox, which they already love and mm-hmm. it incorporates lots and lots of different ways that the games work typically on Roblox into a math game to make it fun. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're running with it. And that's yeah. great. Not to mention when I say to them that if they complete the course in my in my lessons, then I'll give them Robux, which is the uh, in game oh. currency. And that really, that really gets you're it. just
0: <laughs> meeting them where they are. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah we'll talk about yeah. incentive.
0: Can you talk a little bit like about if you were going to explain to me how the game works? Like, what, what do I, what would you do, or what do you do f- with the time t- times tables I guess. for
2: all of us old people? <laughs>
0: Yeah. That
1: aren't playing Roblox. <laughs> I just assume you all know. <laughs> so, 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 like, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's, it's that uh, at least for now, I'm, I'm planning to make different games, more complicated games to do with math in the future. That also are more like esoteric, like they're kind of not, not just a very direct version of what I'm making. So, I'm I'm making obbies. And an obby is an obstacle course. And typically in an obstacle course, which has nothing to do with math, you would just do the different stages of the obstacle course until the end. If there indeed there there is an end because you can procedurally generate them now. So they would just continue to be created new different ones until you stop playing. So the differences with these is that in between each stage, there are three doors, and there's a question above the door and so above the doors,
0: Okay.
1: Um, each door has an answer and you uh. walk through the right door
0: uh. for what the
1: question is. So you, you're multiple choice. So I, I could have decided not to do multiple choice, but it kind of gives, it gives the, the children who are really struggling, you know, at least some chance to eventually get the right answer rather than just, give me the answer mm-hmm. right but then it also allows the children who are much more skilled at it to just kind of blow through it if they need to mm-hmm. if they want to to get to the hard ones so the original game i had 20 easy stages 20 medium stages and 10 hard stages and with the 20 easy and medium stages they typically wouldn't have the questions get all that much harder they do they did progress a little bit but mm-hmm. there's only so many times tables you can ask it's more making the stages themselves that the obstacles harder. Now, one thing that works really well is that if they if they mess up in the obstacle course, so a particular stage, it doesn't just reset them to the course, it resets them to the previous question. So each oh. time they mess up, they have to answer that question again. So they get that nice bit of repetition in as well. But next to each of those stages, uh, especially in the easy and medium ones, I'll have a, like a little tip board. So like some some sort of thing related to the lessons that I that I teach. Um, it will it'll say something like about platforming or a quick little tip or trick to help them with that question. Okay. So, you know, if they need it, they can use it. Then the 10 stages in hard, there's two questions per stage. So if they mess up on the mm. hard ones, which normally they would because they're harder, mm-hmm. they have to answer two questions before getting to the stage. So mm. And all of those ones are the harder times tables as well. So that it, it kind of enforces them practicing the harder ones most. Gotcha. So um that's kind of what i went for at first okay. and then like, I, I had like a uh, I i learned a lot from from feedback from the children that were playing from the parents from even from the yeah. developers who were saying like yeah because i originally designed the game first but you know developer would have gone about it differently to be able to incorporate lots of other stuff <laughs> so the new one the the math hobby
2: okay.
1: um, so i'm going to go beyond just times tables now so i've kind of named it what i would like it to be for all mm-hmm. of the math and um, has lots of extra features so it's got now 10 stages of easy 10 of medium 10 of hard and the tips come up for every single question but they can decide whether they want it selected or not it comes up between before each question so they can either have it come up or not they can reset the stage if they like because um, it's done by checkpoints so remember where your progress is in each one the questions will change every hour on the hour so Uh-oh. it's never set never have the same questions in front of you so do the stages as well so it's taken from like a pool of questions and stages so it's never the same every time they Love play that every day
0: yeah that's cool
1: there's time trials as well so there's a there's an easy trial a medium trial and a hard trial trying to keep in, in keeping with the difficulty so it makes more right. sense to the younger children so easy time trials they get an unlimited amount of lives so they could just mess up as many times as they like medium they get three lives and hard they get one so Ooh. you know get, getting High on stakes. that hardboard is yeah. yeah it took me a while and i'm the creator basically so <laughs> <laughs> to, get on, to get on my own board i'm very proud of my time it's already it's already been yeah. rinsed by two of my students so
2: <laughs> <know>.
1: <laughs> i don't see myself staying on that board for long to be honest but i'm there <laughs> that's good though
2: that's <laughs> really? good yeah that's
0: awesome um, so
1: the, there's that um but then one of one of the main things that i like to incorporate in my older one like, i learned the most about is how to make them want to keep playing so unlockables basically is a big aspect of roblox games typically but also typically they have to pay in-game currency for it which Mm -hmm. can only be obtained in very a few ways like for example real money or if they win it like in a competition for me okay so what what i had to figure out was what would make them want to keep playing and practicing their times tables but at the same time i refuse to charge them any Robux. Like the games are completely free. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Oh,
2: great. We love so,
1: that. So it was one of those things where I see games and they're, they're trying to pump you full of ads and, like, you know, unlock this flying carpet for 800 Robux, <laughs> slow, 8 quid. And it's Jeez. like, it's rubbish you know yeah um so you know i've, I've basically given them lots of things are in other games they'd have to pay for but for free so it's you know it's that kind of thing to keep them in so at first i just offered them a jetpack um in the old one it's a really good jetpack <laughs> yeah because um, in, in a lot of games they'd have to pay for fuel whereas mine is unlimited fuel as well so it's, that oh, kind of thing.
2: it's like a magical uh, jetpack
1: yeah, just yeah. So basically never have to refuel basically, never have to refuel, and that's basically I had like a couple of other bits like slides and boats and that kind of thing. But you know, I, I, it was only as far as I could go with my developing skills. So having then hired on another developer, so I've got two now. Um, shout out to RJ. Um, <laughs> he, they basically have helped me with lots of other unlockables. So now there's also some angel wings and butterfly wings that they can unlock at the really high levels. So fancy, so yeah, really, really big thing for them to have wings. If you have to fly around and get to the places in the map that others can't at the, like the lower levels. Yeah, pets. So I've got two types of bunny rabbit, <laughs> um, <laughs> a cat, a cat, a dog, a chicken, a rat, a llama. A dragon, a unicorn, uh, and I'm forgetting one. But I
2: know. Oh, Kara's going to need you to add a sheep to yeah. that.
1: <laughs> ah, there you go. That's yeah. See, I add them all to the list. I've, there's yeah. there's <laughs> the penguins. There's, there's bats. There's all sorts of stuff I'm gonna put in. Okay. Like it was just like the the initial ten. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, every every child comes at me with some strange new animal, like an aardvark. Yeah. bark and <laughs> you know, yeah. and an eel eel. I was like, okay. Great pet. Yeah,
2: yeah. Eel would yeah be. I know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's all, there's all sorts of pets I'm putting in there, but pets are a huge draw to Roblox games. I can imagine again, that would be. Typically have to pay. Re- yeah. Whereas again, all free. Trails, which are basically like these kind of colors that come behind you when you run. It's almost like like you know like a oh. like a t- like a unicorn might be going through the end like a rainbow coming out of it it's yeah. like that kind of thing <laughs> so, yeah all, all this kind of stuff um in the game and uh, and so much more planned but but basically it's like they would do the time stables and they get the xp for each of the time stables questions they complete mm-hmm. that xp uh goes towards leveling okay. and when they reach certain levels they unlock all these things so the more time stables they do the more they get very cool. That's awesome. Like,
2: yeah, I can see where that'd be really motivating. Mm-hmm.
1: Certainly seems to be. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's the crux of the games, that's how they, they operate. There's there's so many other things I've got planned in like the next phases of development, but that's yeah. the basis of them. That's yeah. how they run.
0: That's really cool. I'm like, I want to play.
2: <laughs> I know. I was just thinking we we're gonna clear our schedules I, for the rest of the I know. week. Yeah, I'm
0: like, okay, maybe I should venture into the Roblox arena because i've only ever watched and never played so
1: you'll soon be lost in it there's, there's like you know, outside of the math there's so many other games like you know, not even just math related but like educationally but even outside of that like i got caught up in like a zombie game all night last night <laughs> <so>. <laughs> back, back to my call of duty days so yeah oh my gosh
0: that's <laughs> awesome
1: i could i, I know i talk about the game a lot but like do you want me to talk about the math within that kind of the more more nitty gritty
0: yeah if you want to i was also going to ask Was gonna ask about gamification like
1: ah that's the kind of thing yeah so i mean speaking about the gamification it kind of comes hand in hand with how i apply the specific way of learning math to the games basically because there's there's one way i could go about it which is quite simply repetition of Mm -hmm. Um, but i try to get past that especially with the tips that i offer throughout so that i cover multiple ways of learning for Mm -hmm. the children because a lot of the time you'll find that um the methods of learning the times tables as an example but this transfers to many different topics within math especially within the key stage two curriculum which is basically your grade two to five is year three to six you'll find that many of the methods are about rote learning and, Mm -hmm. and just recalling all of their times tables which can be virtually impossible when done in a traditional way for a lot of children i mean if, if i were to hazard a guess you, you probably got taught your time to stay, well, same as me by just constant repetition yep. like, yeah yeah repetition and, again, again. and
2: time to test yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: exactly and high and I stress also hazard, yeah yeah exactly very high stress and so i would also hazard a guess that could at least maybe if you don't remember their names but but you can think of at least a few students in your class if not more being left behind or mm-hmm. just saying like oh i hate math especially around yes. that level yep. yeah and mm-hmm. that's that's a huge problem like yeah you know, there, there's, there's so many things that that are done later on like in the secondary age of you know math where they're trying to get back into being interested but if you don't get them then at the mm-hmm. moment that they start to not like math then you're fighting a losing battle mm-hmm. um because it's, it's all about math anxiety um it's kind mm-hmm. of a buzzword i guess or buzz phrase But it's a a very real thing. Um, Their self-confidence just drops off a cliff and it's hard to get them back. So, you know, the fact that times tables are also very important to numeracy as a whole and it it Mm -hmm. falls into so many different topics, you know, Mm -hmm. like how it had fractions and algebra and the area of a shape. If you don't catch them in the times tables, then they're also going to struggle in all those other topics. So that's why I focused on that first because it just seemed like the best one to go for. So it kind of led me to think of ways that I can make things much less anxiety-inducing. This this was in tandem with when I was starting to try and think of how I could incorporate Roblox, because I realized this would be a really good way of stopping this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started reading a book, because I was trying to find, you know, specific academic ways of doing this and try and then apply it to games Um, and i found a book called the trouble with maths a practical guide to helping learners with numeracy difficulties um, by steve chin and it was very enlightening because especially the the part where he talks about um, two distinct thinking styles of math um, inchworms and grasshoppers um, and how that relates to developmental math basically they're not exactly two separate camps of thinking they're like more like two extremes on the ends of a continuum Mm -hmm. with everyone else somewhere in the middle of it now hopefully i don't get this horribly wrong but i'm gonna (laughs) gonna try and summarize (laughs) it because because there's like like, there's like a multi-chapter section on all of these things so i'm going to try and summarize it inchworm learners they tend to work things out step by step whereas Mm -hmm. grasshopper thinkers might provide this yeah might provide the correct answer without any working out They'll, they'll just jump straight to the answer. And, and you know, a, a teacher might hear, for example, I just knew oh you know, yeah that kind yeah. of response where, where yep. you probably heard it before, where they can't really explain how they knew, but they just did. Mm-hmm. And that was very much me when it came to math. Mm-hmm. Whereas you'll have children with the inchworms that they'd like to do it very methodically and slowly and like bit by bit by bit by bit, stage by incremental stage until they get to their final understanding. However, that can then often lead to being seen as slower, yeah, you know, they could be a fantastic mathematician, but because that's their way of learning, they mm-hmm. are perceived as slow and they fall behind in class and they're not really kept up to, you know, the, the standards of, of other grasshoppers who might not even be that great a mathematician, it's just how they think. Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah grasshoppers like to deal with big ideas don't really want to bother with the details as well sometimes and that's the thing math math curriculums are often biased towards one method of thinking style or another typically the grasshoppers so Mm -hmm. children on the other end of that continuum inevitably fall through the cracks so you know i was trying to think of, of how i can meet both thinking Mm -hmm. styles because like obviously i don't want to just focus then on the inchworms i want to try and cover it all yeah so when it comes to that it's it's talking about the the grasshopper skill of breaking down and building up numbers it's very important for inchworm learners to be able to use that so you you kind of just try and incorporate that so for example with times tables it, it's like using the the easier times tables to work out the harder times tables you know because as a grasshopper they're, they're put they have a question 12 times they put in front and they just go oh it's 96 that was mm-hmm. easy and each one not be thinking like okay right so a add a add a add a and they'll do it every time and they'll do it really slowly because mm-hmm. that's the method they learn and they want to be sure they got the right answer and they can't remember exactly how they did it without doing that you know just adding up one by one by one each multiple so what you could do yeah so 12 times 8 you could break it down instead to each of its multiples so inside 12 times 8 you would have 10 multiples of 8
2: mm-hmm. so you could
1: do 10 times 8 um, which I'm right. yeah, using commutative property is 8 times 10 which as I explained to a lot of learners who are you know, shocked like oh yeah, I know that mm-hmm. it's 8 times 10 is 80 well yeah it's the same thing so you talk about commutative, commutative property usually before that point. But then, yeah, so they've got that and they're already most of the way there. Mm-hmm. So all they've got to do then is add two more aids
0: mm-hmm. and they've
1: got to the answer 96. 80 add 8, 88, add, 80 add 8, 96. And it's helping them practice how to apply that to each individual times table sum, especially obviously the hard ones where you need it the most. Yeah. So when when it comes to trying to figure it out it's like well thinking just of the amount there are so often i would have them doing the um skip count method on their hands so you know they've got seven and so there's there's five multiples within that seven and then you just got to add more two more two if it's if it's nine times a number so nine times seven they take that 10 and then they would just take away one of them and they're immediately there right. as well. So it's helping them break that down. Within the games, I incorporate that by giving that to one of the tips, if they want the tips open. So I have that description in there. But then for the children who don't want the tips and they just know the answer or they want to just figure it out themselves, however they like, they can just attempt the doors themselves. So that's, that's generally how I try and apply it to the games, basically.
0: Yeah, well, I'm like, now, now you have my brain thinking, She's I'm absorbing. Like, I wonder which one yeah. I am.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It> depends <laughs> how you picked up math before, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Hang like on. Like if
1: you if you th- if you thought of yourself as a very methodical learner and and you know took things nice and slow, then you, you probably were an inch one. Yeah. Whereas if you just raced through it, you were you were seen as top of your class. Typically, also because the curriculum would be tailored more towards you. Then yeah, you were most likely a grasshopper. Oh. But but the thing is that, that like I said, there are two extremes. Mm-hmm. So you could just be smack bang mm-hmm. in the middle. And you could make the both, best of both, basically. Yeah. She's
2: going to be thinking about that all night.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like food for thought now.
1: Yeah. yeah. I read the book. There's so much more to it as well. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. It's really it's interesting. A really, really good book.
0: I guess I'm kind of curious too. Like when you took your games to your students, hmm. what kinds of you know things did you notice or like were there any success I know you said they really enjoyed them but like are there yeah. any specific like successes that it was impressionable on you like oh my gosh this is so cool that like
1: yeah it it kind of comes it, it kind of goes beyond just the simple enjoyment mm-hmm. of it cuz it yeah, certainly they did enjoy it yeah. but one of the main things when it comes to gamification is The fact that when you gamify something, you are inherently making it fun and you, you can see it almost as a fun schooling approach. Um, it's something i've I've, I've been learning much more about recently when it comes to the homeschooling approach fun schooling is just kind of like a subcategory of that but it can be applied even to children that aren't being homeschooled of course like after school or even within the school Mm -hmm. um but just making education as fun as possible and therefore as engaging as possible because what child doesn't like to have fun (laughs) is just such a fantastic way of teaching because the more fun you make that game therefore the more fun you make that learning the more likely they are to not only want to learn that topic but continue learning it's fostering that love for learning and that and that love for whichever topic it, w- it may be especially a topic like math which is typically hated mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, i hate a strong word but you hear the word hate. Yeah, well All it right, is it's i course. think it's yeah. oh
2: it's love or hate yeah yeah if you ask kids there's there's not too many they're indifferent
1: yeah, about. exactly. Okay. And I've had quite a few students who quite literally have turned around from saying I hate math or I or point blank refusing to do math, mm-hmm. to not only wanting to play my game but being much more receptive to doing math outside of my game. Um, having heard mm-hmm. that from their parents, having heard that from their parents about their, from their teachers through their parents, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just just their whole approach to math being. Just completely reversed because they can see it as much more fun. Yeah, um, when well, they're
2: getting all those little successes as they move through, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: and building those foundational skills that are going to translate as they progress through math. So I, I think it's great. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and um, and then I guess on top of that, um, the, the gamification side of it, that like you can you can make it. I don't like to use the word addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, you know, that that's got obviously negative connotations to it. But it's like it makes it much more likely that they want to continue doing that topic, you know. So yeah, whereas whereas some games, obviously, when there's got no educational foundation to it, a lot of the time, you know, like a simulator or a tycoon or whatever, where they're where they're just trying to make as much money off you as possible. But you know, with games like that, you can you can really you know bring in those those aspects of the game which makes them want to keep playing it, but make it an educational thing. -hmm. Which, which is really nice. So you know, like those unlockables in my game. Typically, you'd find those in a game that's trying to, you know, make them keep playing for the wrong reasons. Whereas for this, especially Mm -hmm. because I made them free, it's making them want to keep keep playing for the right reasons. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that kind of thing.
0: Which I think is important, like the motivation factor. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
2: Do you find that you encounter parents or teachers that are hesitant to adopt gamification sort of activities because they're
1: afraid? Absolutely. Yeah, the, if it's um,
2: fun, it's not going to have educational value. I mean, are you running into that or?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, certainly not once they um, start playing. But, but once they actually pro- do it, pro- yeah, <laughs> once they start playing, it's like, oh wow, okay, right. You know, so yeah. I'm trying to trying to make YouTube tutorials and things on my YouTube channel, Brainy Spinach Math. Okay, um, perfect. Where where basically. Not only be doing live streams, um, sort of entertainment live streams, where mm-hmm. their children could take part in in games and competitions, where they earn Robux for being able to complete the be or depending on how fast they complete it, maybe complete it first or second or third, and they'll learn more. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing. Often, when that's witnessed by parents, they'll realise that like just just how. Good it is to to get them more interested in math again because you know not only will they take part in that live stream but then they're like I'm going to win next time and and I'll <laughs> see them playing like you know a few hours a day. I'm going to go time practice time. my times table. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go
1: practice them you know because they want to win and that's that's nice yeah yeah but, yeah w- one of the main barriers to it is the whole screen time aspect mm-hmm. and, and I'll often have parents saying like I would want to join your course I would want to I want my child to play your game but I try and keep them away from screens altogether and. The thing is, like everything in moderation, just -hmm. just as with all things, which could potentially be negative, as long as you moderate that usage, I think it's absolutely fine to allow children to play games. Mm -hmm. Because you know, when I was younger, like I was, I was allowed to play games hours and hours and hours a day, and Mm -hmm. and I mean. Is probably part of the reason i'm wearing glasses <laughs> it was <laughs> great you know and, and obviously yeah. a very good gamer i like to think but but yeah like i would say i was certainly probably allowed far more than i'd ever allow my own children to play mm-hmm. but everything in moderation you know a couple a couple yeah. of hours a few hours on the weekend maybe an hour or two after school but but no more than that you know there's all sorts of other things that they can enjoy. yeah
2: when i think there's different types of screen time
1: mm-hmm. yeah like tv yeah, right yeah yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Depends on how engaged they are. Yeah, if they're in front of the TV. Right. I mean if they're
2: engaged of- and they're thinking and they're mm. you know, actually involved in what's happening on the screen and it's a positive yeah. experience. Yeah. It's totally different than sitting them in front of a TV and watching whatever's mm. on or just watching you know, the stuff they watch on YouTube yeah, where it's yeah. like, Oh, we're yeah. watching another kid play with a toy, that type of thing. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. And and again, that's the thing. Like, that's why part of why I want to go on YouTube as well, because you know, there's that whole edutainment aspect, but actually properly educational, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, but at the same time they can be engaged because you'll have the like YouTube live stream on one screen and then they're playing Roblox on their phone and they're like, Oh, you know, like trying to follow on what I'm yeah. doing whilst playing themselves. And it's really like exhilarating for them and it's yeah. math. So. Yeah, it's, it's really good from that perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a tech tip or trick that you could share with us?
1: Sure. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess one of the things I quickly realized is that when you're trying to integrate education into Roblox or any game for that matter, because Roblox isn't the only one out there. It's just the one that I chose is right. so massively popular, especially with my students, Um, But when you're trying to integrate anything, any topic educational-wise to to Roblox, it it doesn't need to be done by just you. And I didn't accept that until I was a good maybe two months into my journey. I had a massive pitfall when it came to creating my games where I didn't realize for the first month of creating them that there are such things called Lua viruses within Roblox Studio. Um, They can't affect anything outside of Roblox Studio, but if you use a lot of the models from their toolbox, which other people have created, people that you just don't know who they are, they'll have put a script into it that, for example, will will replicate itself. And so when you play the game, suddenly everything's on fire or some weird (laughs) weird bug creature will just chase you around the map and, and knock you off the side, you know. All these kind of things, and and I and when the first time, time I made it, I I made my game from mostly tools from that toolbox. So the the first well, of course, because you that, would. Yeah, I yeah. just thought, oh, this is great! How nice they 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 made all these <laughs> lovely, cool things for me. Yeah, and there's some really cool things in there, some amazing slides yeah. and different things. I was like, oh, it's great, you know. And um, and then I and then I and then I tried to play it. And that bug thing was chasing me and everything was on fire <laughs> and I kept teleporting from one side of there to the other and it was <laughs> falling me off the map and, and and it was just all going crazy. It's like, what has happened? I thought I thought it was me, like with my basic script knowledge that I'd oh screwed up. So I that You're like, how did
2: I code this
1: <laughs> yeah, giant how, bug? How did I make this thing? You know, like, <laughs> how did yeah, I maybe do- it was maybe it was part of something else, you know. There were sharks as well. I put sharks in the game, but I didn't realize they wouldn't just swim around placidly, they'd come for me. <laughs> like from miles away. So, you know, and and, and it was gutting to realise that. But the thing is, it was because I was new and, and I just you know, that your typical developer just just knew that, especially your developer who'd been with Roblox for years when that sort of thing first became an issue. So mm-hmm. it was just a known thing, but obviously not to me. So, right, you know, and I had to remake the entire game because I, I, oh my I did a like virus checker and there were there was literally like 3000 viruses. It was just impossible. Because you were like, so oh, much. we'll
2: do this virus checker and we'll figure out these yeah.
1: spots for these viruses and we'll just you remove them. <laughs> just download my and and it, it removes. The yeah, be fine. It found them, it removed them, but they'd all come back, and it was just a nightmare. Oh, so my, god. To, oh my god!
2: I had to make the entire
1: thing from scratch, and I remember I'm just like
2: envisioning like, this
1: in it my was mind. Absolute nightmare! Like I, <laughs> it's I spent- like chaos. Yeah, I I spent a whole week of a holiday, school holiday, just focused on nothing else but making this game again. So I was like, I'm not spending this much time doing it again. And obviously I did it with all my own tools. But that was when I started to realize, okay, I can't take these these models from the toolbox anymore. But I have Mm. no idea how to make them myself. Right. So I started to get in touch with people on Fiverr, on the Discord. They started to tell me, like, you know, yeah, we can help you, but you probably want an actual developer. And that's where I came across Azuri on Fiverr. Um, And, and, yeah, he was instrumental in helping me with the things that, that I just, beyond me, like building up a rebirth system it's basically like a leveling system, but you like restart the game with a higher point level, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, the modelers, like they, they started to say, well, you could put this and this in it and this in it and, and things that I hadn't thought of. Then I started to talk to an animator. Then I realized you can get translators. Then I re- yeah, And there's so many different roles that people could play. Mm-hmm. Incredibly skilled. I now have a team. And I have a brainy spinach math development team. And yeah, there was no way I could have made the game anywhere near as good as I feel it now is. And my students certainly feel it without a whole team around me. That's not to say I have to pay all of their salaries or anything like that. It's just like <laughs> right. on a contracted basis, you know, I need a little thing. Yeah. They'll do that bit for me. But like my team is like there for me and I need to put different bits in. So mm-hmm. yeah, like don't feel like you have to do it all yourself accept help and hire help because it there's so much that that you would we will end up wanting to incorporate you can't hope to do it all by yourself yeah, you know, you're, you're, yeah especially like if you're trying it's to great. do a full-time job
0: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, nice yeah. part of why i took it on full-time this in the end because you no know, i didn't have enough time but yeah but by that point then i was obviously making enough to be able to support that so yeah yeah
0: well thank you for joining us john um is there anything you'd like to leave us with or our listeners with?
1: Sure. Um, First of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I I guess the main thing is I want these games to be instrumental in bringing thousands, if not millions of children back from the brink of hating mathematics um, Mm -hmm. and to actively nurture a love for the subject that carries right on into adulthood. So part of that, is you know all of the effort that i'm putting into it but a huge part of it as i mentioned a few times before is all of the advice that i've gotten not just from my students but from parents and from other educators so yeah you know, any advice or support i can receive from anyone listening whether it's how to improve the aspects of maths that i'm bringing into the games the games themselves to try and make this project work in the way I'm hoping it will yeah the more I can receive from that the more likely it is I can make this all happen so yeah any support or advice I can receive from your listeners would be fantastic awesome
0: well thanks again thank you (laughs) thank you for joining us we hope you enjoyed our discussion today if you like our podcast please don't forget to subscribe to get notified when new episodes are released For more information about our podcast and to access links
2: and resources referenced in this episode, check us out at ForTheLoveOfEdTech.org.